Thank you for listening to audio from Gospel Community Church in Eugene, Oregon. For more information about our church or our Sunday services, please visit gccugene.org. I'm glad you all can make it. Even with uh, daylight savings time, I just realized that when I woke up at 7.30, I was really waking up at 6.30. So maybe some people will start uh, making their way here in like half hour right at the end. But um, well, I just want to say good morning. Uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm, I'm not usually uh, the teaching pastor here, uh, but my name is Jake Clausen, and, and I've been serving with GCC for about three years now. Um, I lead a, a, one of our gospel communities with my good friend Skylar on Tuesday nights. So, um, yeah, love it here, and I'm just really excited to get, be able to preach God's Word to you. Uh, if you've been coming for uh, uh, recently, we've been in a series called Saints and Society going through uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, but we're uh, in the second week of a two-week break, um, and in this break, uh, we're actually just hitting the pause button a little bit and saying, who are we at GCC? What are our missions? What are our, what's our vision? And uh, last week, um, if you haven't listened, uh, there, every sermon's like put on a podcast that you can go listen to. And if you haven't listened to it, I, I would strongly encourage you to do so, especially if you call GCC home and, or you're investigating, is this a place when I, where I want to call home? Um, and Rick just did an amazing job of pointing out the hearts uh, of who we are at GCC. And he talked about our mission and vision is to love God and love other people. And that's Jesus' greatest command in Mark chapter 12 is where he spoke out of. And that's really, and we talk about making Jesus the hero, and we do that through loving God and loving other people. And so today, I'm tasked with, and I, and I get the privilege of, of talking to you guys about, like, what does that practically look like? And I'm not going to lie, uh, as those who, who know me well, uh, my fear today is that uh, in sharing all the practicals, um, is that we would feel a sense of shame, like I, I'm not doing enough, or I don't have what it takes, or I'm really failing here. And so that, that is my, you know, just being vulnerable with you guys, that's my fear. And so um, I'm going to take some time in a little bit to pray, and, and in that, uh, I just pray too, um, that if, yeah, you're a follower of Christ, that you would, uh, like, allow his Holy Spirit to remind you right, of the gospel, that there's nothing you can do to earn your salvation anymore, and there's nothing you can do to get less of it. And so, just want to keep that in mind. If, if you um, maybe are uh, exploring the claims of Christianity and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. It takes a lot of courage, um, and growing up in a non-Christian background, I would say it takes a lot of courage to step uh, into these four walls, and it's like a vulnerable place to be. So I just want to say thank you so much, um, yeah, for being here. So why don't we go ahead and uh, pray, and we'll get started. Um, Lord, thank you for this morning. Um, thank you for breath in our lungs, that you sustain us. Um, and Lord, thank you for uh, this building that we get to meet in. Um, and as I've been reminded this morning um, by a friend, um, that people in other parts of the world don't get the freedom uh, to meet in places like this and worship you and read from your word. And so I'm just really grateful. I feel very privileged to, to live uh, where I do. And so, uh, Lord, thank you for that. Uh, pray for this morning, and I pray that your word, um, yeah, w- would uh, seek, uh, seep deep into people's hearts. Lord, that as they leave, uh, yeah, through these doors, that it wouldn't just be another Sunday, um, but, Lord, that you would use this morning to change and transform hearts uh, and draw them closer to you. 
And as always, Lord, I pray that if there's anything that I say that isn't true, uh, that it would go in one ear and out the other. Um, But Lord, if there is something uh, that you are speaking that is true, um, that it would just rest in people's hearts um, as they leave. And Lord, I want to acknowledge that we all come in to this morning in different places. And so I'm grateful that you meet us where we're at, um, in the pain, in the hurts, and in the joy and uh, rejoicing. Um, So yeah, thanks for this morning and um, pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, we, we talked again, uh, yeah, we want to uh, love God and love others. That's how we make Jesus the hero. Um, and we, I'm going to talk about four ways uh, that we seek to do that uh, at GCC. And these are kind of like the practical parts of it. So if you're a note taker, there's going to be a lot of like points and, and things like that. So you're going to love it. And I'll try to go slow because sometimes I can and talk fast. Um, but we are going to call these four ways the four S's. Okay, so it's seek serve, share, and scatter. Again, that's seek, serve, share, and scatter. And to uh, kind of like uh, plant and like dig in, we're going to go to Jeremiah chapter 29 as kind of uh, where we're going to be camping out today in the Word. And so uh, uh, there's Bibles actually all around the room. If you don't have one, that's yours to keep. You can write your name in it. Um, And if you're looking for Jeremiah, basically open the book uh, in half and then just go a little bit like towards uh, the end uh, of the Bible, and you'll um, see Jeremiah after Isaiah. And so we're going to be in chapter 29, uh, verses 4 through 9. And I'm going to start reading as you guys uh, make your way there. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 9. Here's what it says. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear uh, sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare." For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you and and do not listen to the dreams that they dream. For it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. So this uh, is written to God's people um, who are in exile in Babylon um, in around 600 BC. So Babylon comes in uh, takes over Israel and, and, and brings a bunch of them uh, uh, back into exile, into Babylon. And so this is a pretty substantial moment in Israel's history. I mean, you can imagine God's like, I'm taking you to this land and you're going to settle there. It's going to be amazing. And then they're like getting like ripped from that. Uh, it was actually um, um, like according to the culture at the time uh, for uh, captors when they take over a city to like burn it, basically to show like we have defeated you. And so not only were they being taken from their homes, but they're like watching their homes burn uh, to the ground, and they are being ripped from them. And they're being ripped from uh, what God has like promised them to an entirely new city, a new culture, a place that is unfamiliar to them. And uh, not only that, it's like um, in the, like the time period too, uh, even just to like rub it in people's face a little bit more, uh, they would actually take uh, the people's children and like toss them like from the walls of the city, uh, even just to say, like, we, we have completely captured you. So you can ima- try to, like, imagine yourself as an Israelite in this time period experiencing these things 
and, and just the destruction. And, and actually to um, paint a, a little bit more of a picture, we're going to go uh, to Psalm 137 real quick uh, because this is a psalm actually uh, written um, uh, based on um, people's experience. And it'll actually be up behind me, so you don't have to flip there, but you can. It says, By the waters of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our lyres, for there our captors required of us songs, and our tormentors mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my hand forget its skill. Let my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth, if I do not remember you. If I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy, remember, O Lord, against the Edomites the day of Jerusalem. How they said, lay it bare, lay it bare, down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to be destroyed. Blessed shall he be who repays you with what you have done to us. Blessed shall he be who takes your little ones and dashes them against the rock. And so here, we kind of get a glimpse into the hearts of somebody who has experienced these things, the the destruction, the pain, the loss that these people felt, and that they were being taken from their land, watching it be destroyed, and taking into a new place. And they weren't just taken, uh, this psalm kind of uh, sheds light on it, they weren't just like taken and like kind of put to the outside. They're like, hey, be over there. They're like literally put in downtown Babylon, in front of everybody, mocked, scorn when they're talking about playing music. They're like, play us a song from your land, you know, almost just to to mock them even more and and shame them for their beliefs and their culture. And and not only that, but, you know, they're they're imagining and remembering their children being tossed from the walls. And if you are a parent, you can can imagine the pain that 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 must have um, brought into people's lives. And it's a pretty horrific scene. You're like, wow, that is a way to start um, <laughs> a Sunday morning. Um, and but their hearts are crying out for justice, right? They're, and we can understand that. They're like, hey, these guys need to be repaid for what they have done to us. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Logically, we're like, yeah, they should. They should pay for what they have done. They should get the same thing that we got. But that's not what God says, is it? God says to them, instead, Plant roots in this new city. Build homes. Seek the welfare of this city that you are in. And this, to them, would be the last place on the planet that they would want to place roots. Yet God says, plant roots here. And so I'm I'm trying to paint a picture and have you uh, imagine what it was like to hear these words from God that you are not, you know, going anywhere. And, and when uh, Jeremiah 29 talks about uh, these prophets, don't listen to them, um, uh, he's actually talking about, um, if you go back a chapter uh, to Jeremiah 28, verse 11, uh, there's a prophet named Hananiah, I think I'm saying that right, um, that tells them, you're only going to be here for two years. It's going to be over quick, and then you're going to go back to your land that you came from. Don't worry about it. And God's like, no. Uh, you're going to be here for a long time. And if you skim down to uh, verse 10 in in chapter 29, he says, you're going to be here for 70 years, actually. You're not going to be here for two. 70 years is a couple generations. You're going to be here for a while. And And he tells them to use that time to invest in the city. And that's pretty difficult to hear if you were them, right? I mean, I can't imagine being told <laughs> you're going to be here for 70 years and you're going to actually use this time to invest in the people in the city 
uh, that brought destruction to your home and ripped you from your home. And, and I think that we can actually relate a little bit um, to uh, the Israelites at the time. I think we too are in exile. Um, I think the truth is, is that um, as Christians, this is not our home. Like this is not our uh, final resting place, right? We, we are temporary, temporarily here, but for an extended period of time. We belong to a kingdom that is not of this world, but it is somewhere else, right? And yet we are here. <laughs> and as Rick talked about last week, I think while we're here, our mission and vision as GCC is we're a part of it is to love God and love other people and invest in the time that we do have. And so my question is, and that we'll be wrestling with today, is what does that look like? How do we practically do this in a Jeremiah 29 type of way? And I think we can love God through these four ways um, that we're talking about, seek, serve, share, and scatter. So let's look at these a little more closely in light of of this passage. So the first thing we're looking at is seek. Uh, Obviously, that's seeking people, okay, seeking people. And most of us have played hide-and-seek at some point in our life, right? To seek is to look intentionally, like they call it hide-and-seek for a reason, not hide-and-wait or hide-and-stand there, right? No one ever finds anybody in that game by just, like, leaning up against a wall and, like, hoping that they will will come out, right? Um, And so, um, yeah, it, it takes movement, it takes care, it takes intentionality, and it takes desire, actually. You want to find the person that you're looking for. And so it is with actually seeking and loving people around us. Um, And it takes intentionality and movement uh, to go towards people, to seek them out. And and here at GCC, we want to be people, um, yeah, and a church that intentionally seeks uh, those around us, both within these four walls of the church, but also those that are outside. Um, Right here, actually in this building, whether you know it or not, there are people that are deeply, deeply hurt. Like, they are in pain. There are people here that are going through extreme difficulties. There are people in this room that have needs physically, emotionally, mentally. There are people in this room who feel marginalized and oppressed, whether that is based on their race, their age, where they grew up, where they came from. There are people in here longing for community that are new, to GCC or new to town. And I think to love our neighbor is to look people like look for people within our church, right? And care for them and see them and pursue them where they're at. We also seek to love those who are not part of the church family. And it can't just be people who are in these four walls. So these in your life could be your coworkers, your friends, people that you live every single day life with. It could be your literal neighbors. Uh, could be people in downtown Eugene that we're next to and around. And to love them uh, is, as Jeremiah says, is to seek their welfare. The word there is actually uh, shalom. If you're familiar with the, the Hebrew, it, it means like peace, wholeness, right? So when you're seeking their shalom, their peace, it actually is your shalom and peace. And I think the hard part about that is, it's, as Rick talked about last week, it's easy for us to love people who are like us. I mean, and, and that's just the honest truth. It's easy for us to love people who look like us, talk like us, like the same things we do. Um, maybe you're in the similar stage of life, but it's hard to, I think, seek and love people who are different than us. But I think Jeremiah is like the picture of literally God 
asking them and calling them to love people and seek their welfare, people who are totally different than them and actually are even their enemies. And so how much more uh, are we called to do that as members of God's kingdom? So my questions for you to, uh, to think about is, do you see Eugene's welfare as your own? Do you see Eugene's welfare as your own? Or do you disassociate with it? You're like, whatever they're doing, that's their thing. I, I, it's, it's okay. Like, I'm going to, you know, kind of live my life and do um, what I'm going to do. Because I'm, I'm going to say this uh, very truthfully, that God has placed you in this city for a reason. It is not an accident that you live where you live. And it isn't actually just for you and your benefit and, and, and building you. It's actually for the people that God has placed around you in your life. That is why you've been called to Eugene, not just for you, but for them as well. So at GCC, we want to be a family that seeks people. The second thing, um, a way to love God and love others, is to serve. So simply put, serving is putting others above yourself. That, that's what serving is. is you're, I'm going to think about you more than I think about myself. And the root word of serve is, in Latin is actually slave. And I know we don't like that word because we think of, uh, obviously, uh, the slave trade in America, the horrific things that have happened. But I think if we look at that root word, we, we kind of understand the idea of serving people, is to look like laying down our lives for others. And, and Jesus modeled this for us. He came not to uh, uh, be served, but to serve, right? To lay down his rights, his comfort, his very life for the sake of others. And so do we put other people's needs above our own uh, is a question for you, both towards those inside and outside the church. And so this can look many different ways. Um, and I'm trusting the Spirit to move um, and, and convict uh, where you can be serving those people around you. But I'm just going to give you some ideas uh, of what it could look like to serve people. And, and one uh, that's actually mentioned in Jeremiah is praying for other people. That's a practical way to put their needs above your own. Are we praying for those in uh, Eugene and in our church? And, and I'd say, could you imagine being Israelites, being told to pray for those people <laughs> that, that just ripped them from their homes and took their uh, land from them, but being told to pray for them? How much more can we pray for those that God has placed us around? A tangible way to do this is there's actually a group of people that meets every single Sunday morning here at GCC at 915. And we are praying for people in this church community uh, in Eugene, actually globally, um, and that is a practical way to step in and to, to put other people's needs. Yes, you could get 45 more minutes of sleep if you did not come, um, but you can show up um, and I think practically serve people in Eugene by praying for them. Another, another way, that uh, thing that I've enjoyed doing is going on prayer walks, and you're literally just like walking around either your neighborhood or downtown Eugene and just praying for the different businesses, the people that you see, um, yeah, the houses that you're walking by, people as you see them, uh, and a great way to do that is like as you're getting your exercise, it's something like that is to like be praying for the people and putting their needs above your own. And another way to serve is to meet needs of people around us. So uh, a small thing you can do is, is maybe like buying coffee for someone at work uh, just to show them you notice or care about them. So that, that's a way to serve them and sacrifice some of your money. Uh, and time um, for the sake of somebody else. Maybe you hear somebody having a, a bad day at work and it's like intentionally asking them, even though when you're like relationally tired, you're like, okay, I'm gonna actually ask you uh, what's going on in your life. 
Maybe it's helping your neighbor. Uh, this is funny. I don't know why I thought of this example, but uh, maybe it's helping them pick weeds in their yard. You know, I've just like noticed like weeds are just like coming up everywhere. I'm finally like renting a house with like a yard and I'm like, where do all these weeds come from? I don't even know what to do with them. So maybe you can come help me uh, with my weeds. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't mind at all. Because I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Watch a YouTube video or something. Um, so maybe it's having people over for dinner, like things that you're already doing. It's like, hey, well, why don't you guys come over for dinner? We're, we're, we're eating anyway. Uh, come on over. And that's a way to serve other people. Um, and so uh, actually every Sunday too, uh, there's a group of people who go around downtown and hand out sandwiches, socks, uh, things like that uh, to people in need in downtown Eugene. And so we can also meet physical needs like that that people have around us. And so that's another thing you can participate in as well, uh, to, to act on that. Um, another thing, too, that uh, uh, we've done is, like, have a box of granola bars, like, in our car. Uh, so as we see people, like, on the side uh, in, in need, we, we hand them a granola bar just as we're, like, driving by um, and keep those in our car. And so here at GCC, we desire to be a community that serves um, our neighbors. And this is an outward ex- expression of the gospel, like, the transformation that we have received it's an outward expression of that towards other people. And, and another way, um, my third, third way, uh, is share. And I'm super passionate about this, so uh, I, will, I will try to uh, stay on time. But uh, it's obviously what I do for a living, so I, I, it's like something that I really get excited about. Um, and you'll probably see that come out. Um, as, as a, and I want to say this, as essential and important it is to meeting people's physical needs, the deepest need of all people is spiritual. The deepest need of all people is spiritual. We were created as spiritual beings in God's image, which means we all have an eternal destiny. We're, we're all going somewhere eternally. We have an eternal future. Romans 6.23, which will be behind me, is, is I'll, I'll leave it up there actually for a while. It says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I saw somebody with a sign that said, uh, just the first half of the verse said, for the wages of sin is death, and that really bothers me. Like, it actually makes me really ticked off because there's a whole other half of that verse, right? That word but in there is like the biggest but in the, in the Bible. Sorry, I just had to. Um, <laughs> it says, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. It, it points out that people who do not know Jesus, the, the, the wages or the, like the, the earning of that is death. It's not a physical death, obviously. As soon as you don't believe it, it's like it's an eternal and, and uh, a spiritual separation from God, and you are not whole, and, and you're missing something. You're living apart from the wholeness of Christ. The gospel is good news. What, what The verse that's up behind me is, is good news, right? And good news needs to be shared with other people. Uh, many of you know uh, our family were expecting a baby girl in like a month, which is wild. It's like, where did time go? But guess what I did when I found out uh, Sarah was pregnant? I, I, went, I wanted to tell everyone and their mother that we were pregnant. Like, I wanted to tell everyone. I wanted to tell like random people like that I was ordering coffee from. Like, guess what? I'm having a baby. Well, I'm not, but we are having a baby. Uh, and, and why? Like, why did I want to do that? Because it was good news. Like, it was good news. It brought life. It brought wholeness. It brought joy. And, and the idea of, like, having a baby and holding her in my arms is good news. And that's what we do, do with good news, right? So how much more is the good news of eternal life in Christ? It's, it's infinitely more 
good news. And as a church, we, we love people around us by sharing that good news with them. And there are people in your businesses, your work, uh, that you live next to, that you walk beside every day, schools you teach at. There's people in your neighborhood that you live in that don't know Jesus. The fact is, and this is true, you might be the only Christian that they know. You might be the only Christian that they know. I met a young gentleman at, at U of O uh, last year, grew up in Eugene his entire life, had never heard the gospel before. Somebody who looked just like me, I've never, I've never heard that before. And you might be the only person that understands the real truth of the gospel, that there is nothing you can do to earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do to earn this uh, gift as we read in Romans 6.23, this gift of God, it's free. There's nothing you can do. You might be the only person that truly understands that and can communicate that to them. That is the best news and the most loving thing you can do for your neighbor as we love God and lo- seek to love God and love our neighbor. So to serve them, to seek after them, to pursue them is sharing the one thing that can transform their life. And I'm, and I'm saying this with passion because I had somebody in my life who was willing to step in and share this good news with me. It, it would be different if I, I mean, if, if I was somebody who was like, yeah, I grew up, I grew up believing this, and, that, and that's, I'm actually like praising that, that people have parents and family members uh, who actually were sharing this good news with them since they were a little uh, young age. But for me, God gave me a different story. He gave me a story where in high school, I had a friend who was brave enough, bold enough to not just live out and demonstrate the gospel in his life, but cared enough to actually seek me and actually uh, um, initiate with me and ask me what I believed about God, what I thought would happen to me when I died. And I didn't have answers for these. I didn't know what the heck I, I, I believed at all. But it's because he stepped into my life and he shared this good news with me. He said, Jay, can I, can I tell you what I, actually, what I believe? And, and that changed my life at, at age 19, I accepted Jesus because this guy, it took me two and a half years, but this guy stepped into my life and he says, I have the best news that I can give you. Can I share it with you? Can I continue to share it with you? It's not a one and done type of thing. He had to share the gospel with me probably dozens of times before I really understood and really knew that I needed it. It wasn't just information, but I needed it. And if you're sitting here like, I don't know, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do I share uh, the gospel with somebody? How do I share this good news with somebody? I think a practical way is starting by asking them questions. Asking the questions, getting to know them. You know, getting to know where, where they, uh, their background spiritually. Um, I believe that everybody is on a spiritual journey of some sort. They're either moving towards God, away from him, or they're, they're, they're stagnant. They're, they're in one spot. And we just get to come alongside people in that journey. And the best way to do that is to ask questions and listen, like where they're at, where they grew up. Was that a good experience or a bad experience? Who would you say that Jesus is? And I'll tell you, well, uh, working on the U of O campus, 95% of people that I talk to will say Jesus and Christianity is about becoming a better person. That is 95% of the time the answer that I will get. Even people who grew up in the church and that's a window to say, actually, Jesus is much more, much more than that. And maybe you can't share it at work. I want to be sensitive and know that some of you work in places, live in places where you can't do that. It's risking your job, and I think we do need to be wise with that. 
but you can take people out to coffee. I don't think there's any rules about uh, meeting people for lunch or taking them out to coffee, like getting one-on-one time with them and seeking to talk with them that way. And so also if you're sitting here like, what do I share? Like, yeah, maybe they're like, what do you believe? (laughs) What do I share? Uh, Actually, this Romans 6.23 verse, if you're uh, a student that works with me, you know that I uh, have you memorize this. Because if you can memorize this and know this, you can actually share the gospel with anybody, anytime, anywhere. And, And I'll show you why. It says, for the wages of sin is death. You can explain to people, right, that we are all sinful. We are all broken in some way. And and sin uh, is a weird word for people who um, maybe didn't grow up in church like me. And I'm like, what what is that? You have to explain that to me. And sin is missing the mark of perfection with God, a perfect relationship. So it's not just uh, failing to meet the Ten Commandments. It's actually a relational brokenness. It's actually a relational imperfection where we aren't in perfect relationship with him. And that is what sin is, the results of it. And I think we all, and, and myself growing up in a non-Christian home, like it is very easy for me to recognize that I have sin in my life, that I'm not perfect. And the earning of that, the wage of it, right, what we, what we get, just like a job, you know, when we work hours and we get something, what we get of that is death, a spiritual death, a, a not being whole, a separation from God. But, right, the big but in there is <laughs> the... The free gift of God is eternal life. The key word there, if you would underline it in a circle it or, or point it out, is free. A gift is always free. If I tried to give you something for your birthday and you tried to like pay me for it, it, it wouldn't be a gift anymore, right? It would be a transaction. This is a gift, and gifts are received. And that gift is in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is in him and his death, right, that we can uh, actually be transformed and come to know him and our sin um, is taken care of by Jesus on the cross. And, and the last word there, Lord, is actually really, really important because it is not just information, it's a surrender to God. And so if you memorize Romans 6.23 and you have that in your mind and you have opportunity to share with somebody, you, you can share with any time, anyone, anytime, any place, anywhere. You don't have to have an app. You don't have to have the Bible with you. It's right up here and you can share it with people. And thankfully, my, uh, my friend Eddie did that with me. And the last thing is scatter. Like I said, guys, I know this is like super practical. You're like, whoa, dude, this is a lot. Um, but um, I'm cruising right along here. The last thing is scatter. The result of these three S's, seek, uh, serve, and share, leads to this fourth one, which is scatter. Verse 6 in Jeremiah 29 um, says, multiply there, do not decrease. The Hebrew word is ravah and it means to increase, to become many. The same word is used when God promises Abraham that his descendants will be, will be scattered and will multiply to fill the earth. And so you see, God's command um, here is not for the Israelites to sit in, in down, you know, downtown Babylon and just like wait it out by themselves. Get in a huddle. You guys uh, just be by yourselves, right? Look inward, and, and it'll be over. God asks them, and commands them to be fruitful and multiply, to add to their number consistently. So how do we seek to do that in Eugene? How do we multiply? I mean, it's, it's by seeking, serving, and sharing. When we do these things and when we, when we act in, in, in our love for God and love for other people, people are naturally going to come to know the Lord and be interested in him. And they're going to be like, there's something different about you. There's something different about this community. And, and I think um, 
that is what attracted me to Christianity was the people. It was the message and it was the people and the way that they loved me and loved those around them. And so what this isn't doing is like bringing people from other churches. I just feel like I, I have to say this. Uh, multiplying uh, is the community um, and multiplying out into the community and, and, coming to see, and see people coming to know Jesus. I think that's how we multiply. It's not by like shifting uh, different uh, communities and things like that. It's like we want to be a church that desires for the gospel to spread in Lane County, um, not just for GCC to gain more and more people like from Eugene, from, from different churches and things like that. And so as we close, um, I just want to give this reminder. I feel like I, I need to say it, uh, and God put it on my heart as I was uh, preparing this. And I want to take you to the book of John in chapter 15. Um, before Jesus' death, he speaks with his disciples about some foundational truths they must hold on to. So he's about to go to the cross. He's about to give his life for the sake of other people that they may come to be in a relationship with God. And in, and in verse 5 in John chapter 15, Jesus says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The reason I mention this is that we're talking a lot about practical application. <laughs> we're talking a, a whole, pretty much a whole sermon on like, what does this look like <laughs> to love God and love other people? And it can be very easy to think, hey, I'm doing pretty good, you know, I can keep doing this, I got it. And it can also be easy to feel shameful and saying like, I have not, I have not done these things. But Jesus actually comes in and he kind of blows both of those things up. And he says, it's important to know that if you're not resting in me and you're not connected to me, you can't do anything. And so if you try to do these things, if you try to uh, love people, love God in your own strength, you will fail you will fail. And so I think before taking external steps to like, I'm, I'm gonna um, externally show this, my deepest desire for all of you as my friends, as my family, is for you to take internal steps with the Lord and be connected to him. Be connected to the vine. Be connected to the, the, the source where all of this comes out of. Because if we're disconnected to it, yeah, we, we will fail, we'll be frustrated, we'll be tired. We'll get, um, yeah, some of us might get angry, sad. And I think we need to be connected to the one who perfectly loved his neighbors and perfectly loved God. And that's Jesus. And that's why he shares that with him. He's like, do nothing apart from me. You need to be connected to me. And only then will fruit be produced in your life. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you that you use it to sharpen us, Lord, that you use it to convict, that you use it to uh, share the best news that any of us could ever hear. Lord, I pray for those uh, who might not yet know you that are here um, this morning. Lord, thank you again, um, yeah, I think, for nudging them, uh, providing a space and to be open. Lord, I pray uh, above all else that the truth, um, as your word says, yeah, that, that we have a free gift of eternal life with you. And Lord, for my brothers and sisters 
that are in the room, I ask with all my heart, Lord, uh, very deeply that you would move us uh, through our love uh, in you and love for other people, yeah, to seek, serve, share, and and to even like multiply out into Eugene. I I pray that uh, this city would be transformed because of the people who are here and Lord, because of you. (laughs) And uh, yeah, I pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.